Okay, welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and we're doing a weekend wrap-up. So joining us, our favorite guy in the world, Jason Cameron. How's it going, buddy? Good to see you. Uh, it's going well. It's going good. Uh, it was a good weekend. Um, Sunday was exceptionally hot, but at the same time, I've been waiting for good weather to come for a long time. It is now here. It's, yeah. It's officially here. Yeah, you were asking for it uh, last podcast. You were like, come on, Summer, we need you. Hurry up, hurry up. And and now I'm hearing so many people complaining that it's too hot. Uh, <laughs> is it too hot? It's Well, you know what? It's getting there. I, I'm not going to complain too much, but like just as long as we don't have those days that we had last summer where it was like 40 degrees out, that was torturous. That that That's too hot. Yeah. That's yeah, that was that heat dome was horrible, and uh, yeah, we, we we don't need that again. Uh, well, do you remember last year what my biggest suggestion was uh, to cool yourself off? No, oh, I should pro- I should remember this, but I don't remember this. What what was your suggestion again? Frozen you frozen underwear. Right, of <laughs> course, because that's that's genius on your part, because you wet it and you throw it into the freezer. Hopefully it's clean. Yeah, clean would be better. And then <laughs> put it on. <laughs> clean is definitely a lot better. Yeah, I recommend. I recommend pulling it out of the uh, dryer and putting it right in. Yeah. Well, that that's uh, oh, come on. Okay. So, have you actually tried that? Is it actually <laughs> It could. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. But uh, yeah, fans. You know, just having a, a lot of girls uh, just fanning me, that's a good thing. You know, having lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of, yeah, yeah I, I recommend that. Yeah, no, hey, well, I'd, 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 I'd second that. I, I'm right behind you on that. That's a great suggestion. Great. Yeah. Um, misters, you know, just having constant mist flowing over you. Uh, you know, um, yeah, you can always go for, you know, the traditional air conditioner or fan. Do you have a fan uh, blowing on you right at, as we speak? Yeah. Again, not very smart on my part. I could have set that up earlier. I did not. So <laughs> now I just get to suffer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I took advantage of the great weather and uh, made it a really good weekend. Uh, went to a couple block parties yesterday that was they were really great um the first one we went to it's located on maine between fifth and sixth there's a an old motel there called the city center motel you know the place yes yes i do yeah yeah that classic old motel well they decided to um turn it that i guess the city i think bought it and they decided to turn it into artist studios every single hotel room is now uh, taken over by an artist and and they um, make jewelry or have, um, you know, different kinds of paintings or photo- photography or whatever, all different types of artists and they uh, sell their wares out of each um, hotel room. And they decided to have a huge party there. They got a DJ and uh, had a big dance floor set up. They had people playing ping pong, serving drinks and uh, it was pretty awesome. It was really cool. Uh, that sounds very awesome, and that sounds fantastic. How did you hear about the event? 
Um, I think um on the uh, I think on the Daily Hive. You ever check out that site? No, but oh. continue. <laughs> yeah. Daily Hive Vancouver. Usually they they put um ten to fifteen fun things to do this weekend, and they'll um li- list a bunch of events. And um, you know, I've been going there for years. Yeah, uh, used to use the Georgia Strait quite a bit, but Georgia Strait. Um, doesn't really have a lot of content anymore. It's quite a thin paper now. But yeah, uh, yeah. Daily Hive, I, I fully recommend it. Gave us, um, yeah, lots of plans, uh, things to do. We ended up uh, going and seeing the BC Lions game as well on Saturday. And uh, I had kind of forgot that they were playing this weekend. And then, um, yeah, I got reminded by that and went. And uh, did you hear uh, any results from that game? No, but was it was it another scoring extravaganza on the yeah. line spot? Yeah. Okay. First game they won fifty nine to fifteen, uh, absolute smoker, and uh, played incredible. This game they won forty four to three. The uh, BC Lions quarterback, he's a Canadian kid out of Victoria, twenty four years old, and uh, he set a CFL record. The CFL's been around like a hundred years. CFL record for the most yardage ever thrown by a Canadian quarterback, 436 yards through the air. <laughs> so, so I guess this year we're literally an offensive juggernaut. We, we yeah. cannot be stopped. That, that's yeah, awesome. we've, yeah, we've scored, outscored our two opponents 103 to 18. Uh, <laughs> defense is awesome. Offense is just prolific. Uh, the guy, the guy was 39 for 45, four touchdowns, 436 yards. Uh, yeah. And he was criticizing himself. He said, yeah, a couple of those passes that I didn't complete, I should have, uh, it was my fault. And, and I was a little critical about his performance, but, uh, the record that he beat goes back to 1981 by a guy named Jerry Detilio. Uh, he had 427 yards. And uh, this kid's come in and just uh, blown everybody away. The crowd was a bit disappointing. Uh, definitely a huge step down from that opening game. But um, maybe the word starts getting out that uh, this team is is pretty awesome right now. And uh, hopefully they can start getting a lot more people in there. Well, yeah, for sure. Hopefully that will happen because, it, well, especially if they keep blowing teams out like this. Yeah, I, I think the, the the noise will spread soon and people will start to pay more attention to the Lions. Everybody loves a winner, right? So, you know, once a team starts winning, uh, you know, people start jumping on the bandwagon and wanting to be there. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can keep it up. Uh, their next game's Thursday, Ottawa, 4.30 uh, kickoff uh, our time. Uh, their next home game is Saturday, July 9th, an early start, um, but they play the two-time Grey Cup winning champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So uh, we'll see if they can beat Ottawa, go in 3-0. Maybe that gives them a lot of confidence. Uh, I don't know um, you know, if Winnipeg's been able to keep that team totally together, uh, guys that have won the Cup. But, um, yeah, that should be a big test for them anyway. Oh, that'll be a huge test for them. And then they'll, they'll have a good idea of where, where they're at, you know, yeah. for the beginning of the season at least. Speaking of two-time uh champions uh we just witnessed the tampa bay lightning going in to try to get their third straight stanley cup uh coming up against 
the favored um, Colorado Avalanche. And uh, last night, uh, we we um, heard this amazing uh, we heard this amazing call. Uh, check this out. I'm going to uh, play something really cool. <clears throat> Seconds now. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way at the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. And they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. And Tampa Bay is still barking at their, their referee. It's over, pal. They're pouring off the bench. Colorado has defeated Tampa in six games Look to claim their third cup. Ladies and gentlemen, the cup is coming back to Colorado. Unlike their namesake, they have ascended to the peak of professional hockey. And like their namesake, they have taken out every single thing in their path. Final score in game six of this 2022 Stanley Cup final, Colorado two and the Tampa Bay Lightning one. Ten seconds. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, really huge victory. Uh, 21 year cup drought there. Uh, they were the worst team in hockey uh, five, uh, six years ago, five years ago, four years ago. And uh, they were able to start getting a lot of um, top draft picks. Uh, Burnaby, Joe Sackick, their general manager, assembled this team. And um, yeah, they get to. Uh, Won the cup, uh, pretty exciting, pretty cool. Uh, big news, obviously, here in Canada. It's such a hockey nation. Uh, but the cup is coming to Burnaby with Burnaby Joe, and it's also going to your hometown, Abbotsford. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, who from the Avalanche is from Abbotsford? Uh, his name is Devin Taves. Uh, he's a defenseman that uh, plays with the uh, MVP, Kale McCarr. Uh, they're a defensive pair. And, um, yeah, Abbotsford kid... Uh, Gets to bring it back. Uh, hopefully, get a chance. Uh, hopefully, you'll be out there when uh, they bring it. It'd be nice to uh, see the cup uh, up, up and close. Maybe you'll get a picture with it. Well, that would be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Colorado Avalanche. They they proved it for this season. They said like they came out being the best team, and then they won it. Yeah. And also, too, congratulations to Joe Sackick. More more importantly, because. He built that team through the draft. Yeah. He just did it the right way, and he took his time. He did not hurry the process. Because now if you look at that team like going ahead, they could be like the Tampa Bay Lightnings and have their own little dynasty now for the next couple of years. Because they're yeah. No, yeah, if they can keep uh, most of that core together. Uh, it's tough in the salary cap era. Uh, everybody starts asking for more money, and you have to – try to juggle the pieces around, but if they can keep that core together, uh, yeah, we could see another dynasty just starting. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they, if they can do that, if they can keep those pieces. Yeah, man. Cause uh, they're really good. And it looks like they're set up to be really good for a long time. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, speaking of hockey, massive hockey news today in Vancouver. Uh, three Canuck players were inducted. Former Canuck players were inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, the Sedin twins who played their entire career here in Vancouver. And the Roberto, uh, Roberto Luongo, a former goalie of the Canucks, all inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame today, along with Daniel Alfredson. Uh, really great news. Uh, nice to see uh, three really great guys uh, finally getting the honor of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's well-deserved, honestly. And it's very cool to see that the two twins who started their career off, the same team, same time, get into the Hall of Fame at the same time as well. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, yeah, I decided to uh, send that off to you today. Uh, as soon as I heard the news, uh, they said they were going to make the announcement right around noon, and they did. Uh, there was, you know, some speculation. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Uh, it's hard for goalies to make it in. Not a lot of goalies uh, do make it in uh, in their first year of eligibility, but uh, Roberto Luongo, he played the fourth most games in NHL history and uh, has an amazing amount of incredible talent there. Is my, oh, that I don't know if that's is that playing again? Let's see. Can you hear something in the background? I did, I do not anymore. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, now I'm hearing something. No, no, now I'm now I'm definitely hearing something. No, 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 I'm not. Hey, let me just see here. Um, I'm. How am I going to? Uh, how do I get rid of that? They're talking. <laughs> we got the yep. twins up here, but. Yeah, uh, I'm not seeing the deal, so how am I going to stop it? They're saying it here in the background. Yeah, I know. No, I hear it. I hear yeah. it. Okay, I stopped it. Nice. Okay. There you go. So, yeah, let me read some of the statistics for uh, some of the, the guys here. Daniel, uh, he had 393 goals in his career, which was uh, tops in the franchise for the Canucks. 648 assists for 1,041 points altogether, uh, which was second in franchise history. 1,306 career regular season games. Another 25 goals and 46 assists and 102 playoff games. In 2010-2011, uh, he led the NHL in points during the season, and he earned uh, the Ted Lindsay Award given out by the players for the best player in the NHL that season. Um, Henrik was the Canucks captain from 2010 to 2018. He scored a total of 240 goals, 830 assists, which was the most in the franchise's history, 1,072. 70 points, which is also franchise leader, 1,330 career games, 23 goals and 55 assists and 105 playoff games. He uh, won the Art Ross Trophy and the Hart Memorial Trophy as the league MVP in 2009, 2010, 
and he got um, that season, he got 83 assists in 82 games with 29 goals thrown in there. Um, two amazing guys uh, still involved in the uh, Canucks franchise, trying to help them get back to respectability. Uh, they also helped uh, win gold for Sweden at the 2006 Olympics in Italy. Uh, Roberto Luongo had his best years in Vancouver. Um, the native of Montreal spent eight, eight seasons with the Canucks, posted a record of 252, 137, and 50 with a 2.36 goals against average and a 919 save percentage with 38 shutouts. He, um, he was originally drafted by the Islanders, traded to the Panthers, uh, played five years in Florida, was dealt to Vancouver, went back to Florida and played his last uh, nine seasons in Florida. Um, he had a 489 wins, 392 losses, and 124 overtime losses, 2.52 goals against average, uh, 77 shutouts over 19 seasons, 1,044 games. And uh, Daniel Alfredson, um, an 18-year career in the NHL, 17 uh, with the Ottawa Senators, and he had 426 goals, 682 assists, uh, over 1,178 career games. Um, he won the top rookie in 95-96, and uh, he spent his last year with Detroit, but always will be known uh, playing in our nation's capital in Ottawa. Um, he captained Ottawa from 2000 to 2013, won Olympic gold in 2006, led the Senators to the Stanley Cup final in 2007, where they fell to the Anaheim Ducks. And um, yeah, so uh, great news here in Vancouver. Um, awesome to see the, uh, the Sedin twins and uh, Luongo uh, finally getting the, the highest honor that can be given to a, to a hockey player. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's great. Again, well-deserved. And uh, it couldn't happen to uh, nicer, nicer folk, actually, yeah. to get yeah. into that Hockey Hall of Fame. The numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, totally. Yeah, amazing. Um, very, uh, yeah, incredible. Uh, lots of fun. Um, I, I wanted to show you one thing that happened over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the base brawl did you hear about it the bait no the base brawl <laughs> yeah there was oh, a okay. incredible brawl in the, the major leagues we haven't seen in probably oh. over a decade uh did you see any of the footage from that no but I, i'm imagining it was a complete bench clearing brawl like, yeah. like was it old school like 80s like yeah. guys just going after each other yeah it was pretty wild uh seattle mariners LA Angels, um, very big rivalry. They had a, a few things happen uh, the game before, and then it boiled over. And uh, let's check out a little footage. It's pretty awesome. Okay. <clears throat> we see it. <laughs> Where are you? Nope, can't see it. No, nope. I'm not going to be able to show it. Oh, man, I'll, I'll, I'll post some links uh, on the website. Uh, crazy. Um, yeah, one of the guys gets hit. He he starts yelling a little bit at the um, pitcher, and then somebody starts really yelling at him from the dugout, and he turns and looks, and then he charges. The umpire's trying to hold him back. 
he goes in, he starts throwing a few other players start going and then it just escalates into both teams right by the, by the uh, angels dugout, just yeah. uh, going on and on and on. And it went on for like 18 minutes. I think it was, uh, it was crazy. It was uh, and nuts. And yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see it here. I can't share it with everyone, but as I said, I'll post the link up and, uh, uh, please check it out. Uh, pretty wild. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big proponent of uh, extra violence, but uh, this one was pretty wild. Uh, pretty fun to check it out. Well, yeah, of course, uh, you don't want to see that. But when it does happen, it's, uh, you know, it's still a form of entertainment. And hopefully nobody got seriously injured. It didn't sound like it did. But uh, and, and it's, it's just kind of shocking because we haven't seen anything like that for quite some time. Nothing on that level. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Um, we came out of the BC Lions game and uh, there was an event happening at uh, Rogers Arena too. So it was um, really, really busy down there. And uh, I, was, I, I didn't know what was happening. So I looked it up and Bill Burr was there uh, doing some comedy. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a great comedian. Uh, have you seen uh, much of his stuff recently? I, I have seen some of his stuff and he's excellent. He, he's, he's one of the best to do comedy like he's 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 just he's just that good he's that good it was one of those um have your phone away uh events uh they put it in a case and uh seal it and you're not able to um, get it out until the end of the show um i'm not super big fan i guess uh it's something that's coming though uh we had it for chris rock um he's he's done it Uh, i i keep hearing it happening for other events too. Um, what are your thoughts about it? I get it. I get it. And it, it's just, it's literally, they do these things to protect their livelihood so that once they do their set of their new material, they don't see it on YouTube the next day. Yeah. Because then once they see it on YouTube, it's like, well, why would I go see it? Well, I just watch it on that. I'm good. Yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's something that we're going to deal with. Uh, this, the, the thing that was really tough was just the lineup to actually yeah. get somebody to physically pull it out of there and, and remove it. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah, a lengthy, lengthy process and not fun. Um, speaking of comedy, we went to comedy on Friday night, uh, fully recommend going to that um, theater in New Westminster. Uh, great fun. Uh, we went and uh, saw a show a little while ago. We ended up getting two free tickets uh, because we spent a lot of money there. Uh, we utilized those tickets, and now we've won another set of tickets, got another set of tickets. So um, it's turned out we, I think we bought and paid for one or two tickets, and, uh, and we've got, been able to go to three or four shows uh, ever since. So it's been really, really great. Oh, that's, that's a great deal. That's a fantastic deal, and that's that's. It's always fun knowing that you have something to look forward to during the summer, you know, during the summer days and yeah. having something fun to do. No, it's really fun. Yeah, super, super fun. Um, okay, we're going to uh, switch to the UFC. Um, it is International Fight Week uh, in Las Vegas. There are massive amounts of events down there. I'm jealous of the people that are there. I've been to Fight Week uh, on a few occasions, and it is absolutely amazing pretty much every mixed martial artist on the ufc roster ends up uh, being there giving you an opportunity to meet them take pictures get autographs um you know just rub shoulders with them 
Uh, you get to see so many different events going on the entire week. Um, the biggest, uh, the biggest event, obviously, this week is USC 276, but uh, also the Hall of Fame inductions happening on Thursday, and that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. We get to see Khabib Nurmagomedov, Daniel Cormier. Uh, we get to see uh, some phenomenal. I'm, I just can't wait for the speeches from these guys. Uh, talking about the incredible career. Um, that's something that, yeah, I, I, I'm just uh, counting the days down till, till Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's always a great event when they put that on. And, uh, you know, like when you, when you mentioned guys like DC, Daniel Cormier, and, and uh, Normie, Norma Gamedov, like these are guys that are certainly deserving to be amongst the best of the best in the Hall of Fame because they are the best of the best and they proved that in their fighting career. Yeah. Uh, there's two Forrest Griffin Community Awards given out. Uh, Max Holloway gets one and Giga Chikadze get the other. Uh, these are for amazing amounts of, of charitable contributions done in their local communities. Uh, it's great to see these fighters uh, being able to give back and uh, help out their local community. And in the fight wing, a fight that I got to see live in Toronto a few years back, Cub Swanson and Duhoy Choi. Uh, that was uh, a, a banger of a fight. Uh, if you've never seen it, uh, anybody that's listening or watching, um, do yourself a favor and go check it out. Uh, one of my favorite fights of all time to see live. And uh, it's definitely uh, earned a place in the Hall of Fame, and, and rightly so. It was great, great, great fight. Absolutely. Epic was is the word that I would use for that fight. Uh, both men basically just went all out in that fight. They left it all on the line that yeah. night. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. So, um, yeah, well, well, we've got uh, USC two seventy six. We'll do a little uh, preview of it at the end of this, but let's talk about this fight night that happened this past weekend uh, in Vegas. Um, it was. Uh, Armand Sarukian against Mateus Gamrot, uh, a lightweight battle. Two guys trying to break into that top 10 of the lightweight rankings. Uh, right now, the lightweight uh, does not have a champion as uh, Charles Oliveira was stripped of his belt because of uh, failing to make weight in his last fight. Um, I'm going to just uh, tell you the uh, murderer's row of guys that are in this top 10. And uh, we'll see if one of these guys slips into this top 10 with the, the victory here. Charles Oliveira is number one ranked. Poirier, two. Justin Gaethje, three. Islam Makachev, four. Michael Chandler. Benil Dariush. Uh, Raf, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Conor McGregor. Tony Ferguson. And Rafael Fiziev uh, round out the top 10. So um, in this fight... Uh, I thought this was one of the best matchups stylistically where they, these guys were even, 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 even matched. Uh, one of the best first rounds of two guys that were so evenly matched, but they just gave us a, a really, really great uh, fight to start with. Uh, Sarukian really came out well in those first two rounds. But the comeback by Mateus Gamrot 
was phenomenal. Uh, he ended up winning the last three rounds on the judges' scorecards and uh, kind of surprised a lot of people and was able to pull out the victory. Yeah, because I, I, I had it the same way that you had it, where I thought Sarukian was definitely taking control in the first two rounds with uh, the body kicks that he was definitely landing, actually landed throughout the entirety of that fight. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that once they were they went into their scrambles, those were the some of the craziest, most technical scrambles I've ever seen between two guys of that level. They were mm-hmm. so high level that Man. none of them could keep each other down. Yeah, but, awesome, yeah, awesome. It was, it was fantastic, but... Gamrot clearly started to press on the gas and start putting on more pressure from the third round on. Yeah. And that was literally, I thought was the difference in the fight was that one guy actually started to exercise his will more, possibly had a little bit more in the tank to give. And he pushed Sarukian more. He started to impose his will as the fight went on and started to get the better of him in those grappling exchanges. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fight of the night. Uh, they both got 50K, and um, great to see uh, the Polish fighters, uh, you know, getting a victory. We saw Joanna Jacek, uh just retire after another loss. Uh, Jan Bohovic lost his belt uh, over this past year. Uh, those are the only three Polish fighters that we have on the USC roster right now, so uh, really good for Polish MMA to you know get a big victory in a main event and have a guy now uh, getting into the top ten again. Yeah, it's it's huge victory, huge victory for for the fans of like the Polish fighters out there and stuff. And and Gamrot, oh, Gamrot's that good. He, yeah. He's he still only lost one fight, right? Like people yeah. forget about that. Yeah. And then also too, just now for him or both of these men that may eventually jump up in the top ten. That's probably one of the hardest top tens to crack. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. It's bonkers. Yeah, yeah these are, uh, you know, 10 of the best fighters on the USC roster, and they're all in one division. It's uh, yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, I, I just thought I should list off the top 10 because, man, uh, yeah, you want to be in that top 10, but look at the guys that you're going to have to face trying it's, to get move up the ranks. Oh, it, it's, 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 there's no easy fights. Not one of those people in the top 10 are easy fights. Everybody's just like, well, I fight that guy. That's a war. That's a war. That Okay. They're all wars. Yeah. Nothing, nothing easy. Nothing easy. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the scrambles like that. Uh, it was incredible. Just the uh, will to stay on their feet. A guy would get, you know, sh- shoot a shot and get the guy down, but then immediately just the reversal and twist and turn. Back up, back down, up again. Just the scrambles were uh, amazing, and, and two two super highly skilled guys that that just really, really brought it. And I, I love I love this fight. Uh it was it was a fantastic fight. Like it was just it was one of those ones that's a pleasure to watch because it's so high level. And then again, I was impressed with Sarukian's uh, takedown defense and his flexibility. Whenever he Gamrot would try to do like the high lift with his leg his balance was impeccable, man. Yeah, It was very hard to get him down. He finally did it in the later rounds, but that's only when he got tired. Yeah. You really can't single leg uh, these guys, uh, man, their balance was just phenomenal. And uh, yeah, just, I would love to have that kind of balance. Uh, I wish I would have trained uh, a lot harder and got that. Cause it was uh, fun, fun to see. Um, 
Gamrot is a American top team disciple. Uh, man, is this team just starting to, be, to become just so elite. Uh, both Sanford MMA and ATT are just bringing in so many amazing fighters, card after card after card. I'm just seeing their corners, the same guys marching out and, and bringing. I, I don't know what's happening in Florida, but uh, I would say the two best teams in mixed martial arts right now, um, maybe outside of city kickboxing in New Zealand, uh, you know, the, these three are just the cream of the crop in uh, fight camps in the world. Yeah, I think, I think there might be something in the water in Florida because mm -hmm. they're, just, they're just cranking out like um, contenders, champions. They're, they're, they're doing well. Something, they're doing something right to get these guys up to a certain level, which is championship level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this fight, as I said, was just so evenly matched. These the matchmakers really got two guys that uh, you know could put on a five round amazing battle. Uh, lots of this other card, I didn't find that. I thought the co-main event, Shavkat Rachmanov, was a a big, big, big step above Neil Magny. It was it, to me, it wasn't even close. Uh, Shavkat got a 50k bonus for his buzzer beater submission. Um, yeah. damn, like, wouldn't you be just so, so, so mad when you saw that there was two seconds left on the clock? Like, couldn't he lasted two more seconds and got himself another round? Like, uh, I, I heard his corner yelling, counting it down, but he must have not heard it because he tapped uh, at 458 of the round and lost. I was, I was actually surprised that Rachmanov went for it. Because, yeah. like, I'm sure he knew what the time was. And he knew, like, he, he literally went for that. I think he dove for that choke with 10 seconds left. Yeah. And so with, with him going for it at that, I'm like, eh, I don't know if he can get that. But obviously he knew because he knew that his technique was on point. <laughs> and once he sunk it in, like, even Neil Magdy, who's as tough as it, tough as they come, he's as tough as they come, yeah. couldn't hold on. He couldn't, like, literally that's where he was at. He could not hold on for two more seconds. Yeah. That's the first fighter to ever submit Neil Magny. And, and two seconds uh, from keeping that record perfect. Uh, that's insane. But, yeah, it, it must have been tight. He must have realized he was going out uh, if he didn't tap. But, oh, God, that's got to be just so tough for him and, and his camp and, and all his fans uh, to realize, you know, just – Two more seconds somehow it could have lasted and he would have saw a third round. And it's extremely frustrating. But, you know, once you're once you're in the midst of it, it's it's easy to look back and say, ah, I just should have held on for that much longer. But once you're in the midst of it and you're just like, no, I'm probably just going to go out. And then if the bell horns and I don't get up, then I still lose. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't I, I wouldn't have tapped no way no, no I wouldn't have tapped no I, I I would have just went out on my shield or I would have stood up and uh, went for the third round no way Jesus didn't tap I'm not tapping <laughs> it's not happening I, I would have lasted in there uh, Neil Magny's tough as nails but there's no way I was tapping to that one okay well that that's good that you wouldn't tap and you would just go out in your shield and it's like wake up the next day it's like no he's still out. <laughs> Still, he'll get up eventually. 
<laughs> yeah, a few days later. Oh, what happened, guys? Uh, what, what happened there? Uh, yeah, you've been out for days, man. You've been out for days. <laughs> exactly. Um, I kind of love this uh, heavyweight fight. Um, uh, we got Josh Parisian, which is a is a way to describe somebody from Paris. Uh, he's an American guy that beat this Frenchman. Uh, he is lucky, though. Um, he was in a world of trouble in that first round, was given every opportunity to get out of it, and he did. And in that second round, um, man, he... Uh, Threw some big bombs, hit 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 hit, hit Alan Badeau and uh, was able to get the big KO win. Uh, re- really good comeback on his part. Oh, it was fantastic. I I didn't think he was gonna win. I, I thought Badeau was like literally very close to getting him out of there. Yeah. Uh, Reason managed to hold on and then reverse the situation and finish with some excellent ground and pound at the end of the first round, and then from there took that momentum into the second and was able to take him down and then just basically dominate him and then get him out of there with ground and pound. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, some vicious ground and pound, uh, but he was beat up pretty bad in that first round. And he's, he's lucky the rough didn't stop it. Um, he got a 50 K bonus for that. Uh, we've uh, in those, in the main event, co-main event, we've got 50 Ks handed out. Uh, 50k in this one, which which just preceded those two fights, and 50k in the next fight. Uh, Tiago Moises gets a uh, submission victory over Christos Yagos. Um, 50k was handed out, and all those top fighters, um, and yeah, they deserved it. This was a, a really big and quick submission victory, very quick submission victory, excellent win for Moises, and uh. Just the way that he managed to get uh, Gygos' back, managed to jump on it with the backpack and just kept working to dig for like that rear naked choke and then eventually got it, sunk it in, and then that's all she wrote. And it was quick. Yeah. And he he was able to get it uh, with just the one arm, which was uh, super impressive and, and very cool. Um, so we've got uh, Khabib's cousin here, uh, undefeated. Uh, starting to just walk through guys and and uh, really looking. This was this was uh, you know another poor matchup, uh, just a you know dominating performance. Uh, it was just rinse and repeat. We've talked about this a lot of times when these guys from Dagestan and these grapplers able to get guy down and uh, just hold him down entire fight. Khabib was in there uh, with them and uh, he's confident as Khabib was. Growing, you know, getting into the UFC and going on his 29 and 0 career record. Uh, do you think, um, you know, we're we're looking at a, a new a, a champion in the future, also from the same family? Possibly, possibly. I I need I need to see more, and I need him to fight higher level competition as the time goes on, which is obviously he will. Yeah. But uh, for this particular fight. Yeah, he most certainly outclassed Manus in the grappling department. Manus had nothing for him, could not get up, couldn't. He, he was he was pretty much neutralized on the ground. And once yeah. Norman Gamedov had that top pressure, he didn't. He wasn't going anywhere. He just literally is not going anywhere. So so dominant. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was just crazy. And 
Um, great to see Khabib there. Um, it looks like he is officially staying retired. There's been so many rumors, but uh, he was staying retired, and they they did a nice tribute to him uh, about his Hall of Fame induction coming this week. So, um, yeah, those Dagestani guys and the Nurmega Medoffs, um, yeah, really lethal grapplers, and uh, yeah, look out. Uh, that whole bantamweight division uh, put on notice. This guy's coming. Uh, the fight that kicked off the main card was a middleweight battle. And uh, this was an absolutely amazing performance by Chris Curtis with takedown defense. Uh, Hadolfo Vieira went at him 20 times to try to take him down and was unsuccessful all 20 times. Uh, Chris Curtis has to thank all his coaches that have taught him this takedown defense. Because that was the, the the reason why he won this fight, and man, was it impressive! Uh, I, I I just hope I just hope that um, yeah he's able to hand some of that check money to some of these guys that taught him that because it was brilliant, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. His takedown defense was just so on point against such a high high level grappler, an amazingly high level grappler, a dangerous yeah. dude. And Curtis had a great game plan, uh, did his strikes mainly to the body to take away, like, uh, the man's cardio in the later rounds, which has definitely paid him dividends. Yeah, because after the third shot. round, came around very mm. much sloppy. Like, his shots were sloppy. Yeah. He was tired. He was gassed. He kept trying, but Curtis didn't give him anything. They didn't yeah. give him anything. Very impressive. Yeah, he apologized. He said he really didn't, uh, you know, wasn't happy that he didn't get the finish. But he said, you know, having to defend those takedowns so much, I couldn't, you know, throw my kicks as much as I wanted. I couldn't, uh, you know, get get myself exposed. So his game plan worked out perfectly. Uh, Those body shots were just lethal, though. They really just started piling up. And you could see that the impact that they had on Vieira, his gas tank was was really, really down depleted and he just didn't have anything more in that third round to, you know, try to get the takedown after so many unsuccessful attempts and, and putting all that effort into it. He was, he was done. It was a, an amazing game plan by his team. Yeah, it was amazing game plan. And also too, Curtis was exceptionally patient with said game plan. He didn't go and dive back down on, on Vieira when he was just like laying on the mat. He didn't try any of that. He always said, get back up, get back up. So, and which also to demoralize Vera because yeah. now he's like, I can't actually take this guy down. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it must've been just so brutal and so tough for him. Yeah. 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 Just trying and trying and trying and, and not being successful at any of them. It must've been pretty rough. Um, okay. Let's go to the prelims. Feature fight on the prelims was a, a big TKO very quick early win by Carlos Olberg. Um, I was uh, really impressed. Just was able to just get a huge left quick uh, shot in there, uh, dropped him, and then just a flurry of punches where uh, Mark Smith had to step step in and, and stop this fight. Um, wow, he uh, yeah, I, I thought he deserved 50k for that one. I was uh, disappointed to see he wasn't put on that list but uh yeah really really great performance oh it was a great performance great win and yeah and he took out a pretty tough guy very very quickly super accurate punches 
And uh, I love the fact that it, it showed his team was in the crowd along with uh, champ Israel Adesanya cheering yeah. for his teammate and everything else. And was I think cool. he was there too as well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All city kickboxing guys were there uh, getting ready for UFC 276 coming up. And yeah, that was really neat because he's uh, he's new to this sport. Uh, he's only had, uh, you know, a few fights coming in that this is, that was his uh, eighth fight of his MMA career. But yeah, uh, you could tell how happy his teammates were. Um, Volkanovski and Adesanya were quick to jump up and dance around and be really thrilled. And yeah, that's city kickboxing. As I said earlier, um, you know, one of the best camps in the world. And and uh, they've got this new guy that's coming, uh, coming up and uh, he'll be good in that light heavyweight division. He's so tall and, and powerful. And he's got length. Yeah. He's, got, he's got a crazy amount of length. And, yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's good at his distance. And, obviously, he's got power. Yeah. He's got plenty of power. No, it was, it was impressive, yeah. Uh, okay, talk about uh, the featherweight fight between TJ Brown and Shea Yan. Uh, what did you, you think about, about these guys? Uh, well, I thought that uh, Norden Beek, Norden Norden Becca, I think it is. Norden Becca, I think they Norden say Becca. it. Thank you. Thank you. So Norden Becca, I was impressed with his wrestling. I, I thought his grappling was good. I thought that's actually really what won him the fight at the, at the end of the day. Because um, Brown was game. Brown was game, but his, his, his ground skills were just slightly lacking behind Norton Becca. And uh, that's, uh, and that's why Norton Becca was winning, won the, won the fight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty great um, performance. He's uh, he is, he's really powerful uh, uh, short guy. That's um, yeah. Very compact and, and tough as nails. Um, his record is uh, pretty impressive. Like, uh, you know, almost 50 MMA fights already. And, and had just coming into his own with the USC, uh, the Wolverine. Love the nickname. Um, he's from Sanford MMA. I mentioned them earlier. Um, Henry Hooft and the guys out of Florida. There, uh, yeah, they just uh, bringing in killers week after week after week. And and uh, I, I love that team. Um, yeah, hopefully get a chance to uh, talk to some of those guys very soon. Uh, that is an awesome, awesome count. Uh, okay, what do you what do you think about the um, Sergey Morozov Howland Paiva bantamweight battle that went to decision? I thought I thought Paiva was going to take it at first. Um, he seemed to be ha- landing the more damaging shots, the more powerful shots. Yeah. But Morozov just kind of just kept sticking around and sticking around, and then finally in the second and third round, that's really when Morozov started to put in the work, so to speak, yeah. and he started to get ahead on the scorecards. I was very impressed with uh, Morozov digging deep to get that win because, like, he got hurt like a number of times. I thought in the first round. Yeah, Paiva was landing some really big bombs and uh, was able to, uh, yeah, just look look to be the much better fighter in that first round. But a nice big comeback victory, and uh, yeah, the uh, his grappling was uh, what what you know won him that fight, and uh, he was able to grind out those those uh, next two rounds and get the decision win. Uh, okay. What about uh, Cody Durden and uh, JP Bays? Uh, another really quick, quick KO. 
uh, Durden, uh, yeah, looked looked really, really tough and good in this one. Oh, he looked fantastic again. He just jumped on on Bay's, hit him powerful right. I think that started it off, and then Bay's was shaken, just kept hitting him. He's Combo good. punches dropped him to the ground with the ground to pound finish. Very quick, uh, very quick ending. Unfortunately for Bay's, and a great winning win for Durden. Yeah, uh, one of. Three active South African fighters in the UFC will have to go back to the drawing board. Young Savage got savagely knocked out. Uh, huge flurry of punches. And, and uh, Mark Smith was in there uh, also. Uh, he yelled out 50K, baby, and I thought he deserved that too, but uh, didn't get it. Uh, he's had uh, nine first-round finishes, seven in less than a minute and a half. So... And uh, this is another ATT guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I just keep getting example after example of, of these guys. And, and for some reason, he just kept yelling, I belong here. I belong here. I uh, just kept saying that over and over to everyone uh, that would listen. And, uh, yeah, he definitely does. Well, yeah, no, when you, when you make your argument by knocking your opponent out as quickly as possible, you do belong. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there it is yeah uh anything you want to say about the early prelims um marco batista got a quick uh submission victory over brian kelleher um yeah anything you want to say about this first two fights um no just about that one about marco batista getting that quick uh submission victory over kelleher very impressive was not expecting that I actually was expecting more of a battle between those two, but for him to have done that to Kelleher, who's actually really good on the ground, I was yeah. really impressed by. Yeah, it's fuck, really impressive. Yeah, I, I was, I was the same. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun card. Um, not quite the uh, level that we had been used to the last two weeks, uh, but uh, there was. <laughs> it's going to be hard for many of these cards to live up to that. But UFC two seventy six. Dana White's promising that this will be an amazing card. And uh, I think he's right. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about a lot of these matchups. Uh, Israel Adesanya, another title defense of his middleweight title against Jared Cannonier this time. Uh, Cannonier has been in with some of the uh, top fighters in the division and uh, has risen himself up to you know, contender status. Uh, but does he have a chance here? I'm going to say he has a chance because of the power that he has in his hands and in his legs. He's a very, very powerful striker. Here's the thing, though. Israel Adesanya has dealt with guys like that. He's dealt with powerful strikers, and he's made it look easy, especially when he fought Paulo Costa, who almost looks like he shouldn't even be in that division at times or all the time. I still don't know how he does that. But – that, you know what, I'll just say this. I think Adesanya wins, but I think Kanyanir will make it interesting. I, I think there's going to be at points in the time where Adesanya is going to be very much threatened because he got hit with a big shot and he might have to retreat and recover for a second before he goes back in. But he's going to be, have to be ready for that, and I'm sure he's going to use his length to his advantage and try to keep Kanyanir at the end of his punches and kicks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a good um, observation of it for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, he he called Paulo Casta an overinflated balloon animal. 
And uh, that's a pretty good uh, description of Costa. Uh, we all thought Costa's power would uh, rear its ugly head. And if Adesanya got, uh, you know, any of uh, those big punches would connect with Adesanya, uh, he'd be in trouble. But uh, he's just he's just that that elite, elite, elite guy that uh, just seems to know how to stay away from trouble. Uh, he's, uh, I, I love his nickname, the last style bender. His style is um, unlike anybody that we currently see in the UFC. And um, yeah, I just see his championship reign going and going. Uh, Cannoneer has that puncher's chance, sure. But um, yeah, I just don't think he's on that same level. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Like, uh, like I said, I think his best chance, Cannoneer's chance, is to rely on said power and yeah. catch him with something. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night for Jared. Yeah. Okay, what about the co-main? We've got a, a trilogy fight. We don't see often trilogy fights where uh, one fighter's won the first two, uh, but uh, this was title fights between Alexander Volkanovsky, the current featherweight champion, and the former champ, Max Holloway, who's had a, an extremely decorated and an amazing career. Uh, the second fight, was a split decision victory by Volkanovsky and, and Holloway has been talking for the past couple weeks saying he won that fight. He thinks he won both fights, but he said, I definitely won that fight. USC 251 that was held July 12th, 2020 in Abu Dhabi. And uh, the first fight they had was USC 245 unanimous decision victory by Volkanovsky. That was December 14th. 2019 that was when holloway lost the usc featherweight title uh since those two fights uh holloway has beat kelvin cater and yair rodriguez and uh gets the next shot here against volkanovsky uh i'm actually really looking forward to these two holloway uh has had a as i said amazingly decorated career and has beat uh pretty much everybody you can name in this division as well as the other divisions that he's fought in. But um, do you think uh, there's chinks in the armor that Holloway can uh, exploit this time and get a victory in the trilogy fight? I, I think so. I, I think it, I think it goes for both ways. These guys are super familiar with each other now. Yeah. And I think, I think the difference in this fight is going to be who brings new wrinkles into the formula when they get into the octagon who brings something new to the table that maybe the other one hasn't seen or something else that they've, they've been working on to capitalize on like a tendency that the other fighter has. Yeah. And then that's, that's the way I see it because honestly, in the second fight, I still have Holloway winning that fight. Okay. I, that, like, I, I, I thought he actually won that fight. So it, it's going to, it's, this is one thing that you can guarantee I'll probably be fight of the night. And, it's, and you know it's going to be ultra competitive, and you know it's going to be super close, and it's probably going to go all five rounds. Yeah. That's what well, yeah, uh, they've already faced each other for fifty minutes in the cage and in, in two title fights. Uh, you know, here comes round eleven. Uh, yeah, we're probably going to see, like you say, fifteen rounds. Uh, both guys are super tough, and and um, yeah, I, I, this is a treat. As I said, uh, very rarely. Do you get a trilogy fight when one fighter's won the first two? But uh, maybe because the UFC also thought Holloway won that <clears throat> second battle, they're, they're giving him this opportunity to 
right that wrong and <clears throat> finally get his belt back. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I think it's well deserved because, like in that division, who else deserves the title fight more than Max Holloway? I don't think it's anybody. I think he he's earned that right to fight him again, and yeah. so this is this is it. This is it because if he loses this third one. That's it. There's, there's, I don't think there's going to be any more chances. That's no, it. <laughs> no, I think you'd have to go uh, back to a different division. But, but yeah, well, let's uh, let's hope it's a it's a banger like we we expect it to be. Uh, really looking forward to seeing Sean Strickland. Uh, he he brings it. Uh, he's a he's a kind of pretty crazy guy, but uh, super tough. Uh, the Sean O'Malley Pedro Munoz fight should be fun. Uh, disappointed to hear Lauren Murphy and Misha Tate was canceled. Lauren Murphy uh, contracted COVID and uh, will has dropped off the card. Um, any comments from uh, any of the rest of the uh, main card? Um, I'm actually looking forward to the, the Pereira Strickland fight because Pereira is just such a decorated kickboxer, and Strickland loves to come forward and fight. Like so, I'm, I'm I want to see how Strickland deals with a guy of Pereira's skills on his feet because. I don't know if Strickland is necessarily going to look for like the takedowns or anything. I think he feels confident himself that he's just going to do the stand up with this guy. Yeah. And if he does, I I'm curious to see how it ends because like I, you know, Sean Strickland is very good, but so was Alex Pereira. So I think this is a very, very good stylistic, great matchup. I love the matchup. Me too. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of great fights on the card. Uh, the feature prelim, Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner should be great. Uh, great to see Robbie Lawler back against uh, another veteran, Brian Barbarina. Uh, we've got, speaking of veterans, Donald Cerrone finally gets a fight again. As long as they stay healthy and nothing happens. Uh, another, another big, big veteran and Jim Miller. Uh, that'll be, that'll be fun to see both these guys go at it. No, I know. That's, it's always good seeing like uh, the vets go at it. And Obviously, we're going to be seeing still a lot more of Jim Miller because didn't he say he wanted to get to 300? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 300, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 24 to go, yeah, a couple years away at least. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ian Gary's on the card, another great uh, Irish guy that uh, is a lot of fun. And uh, then, then we go down to the early prelims. We got Uriah Hall against uh, Andre Muniz. Uh, Uriah Hall on the early prelims, uh, kind of surprising. That is surprising. Um, well, actually, you know what? If you look at a couple of these people, Raya Hall on the early prelims, surprising. Brad, Brad Javar. Yeah. Jessica I, Macy Barber, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. He, even even Brad Tavares. Like, I remember back in the day, that guy used to be on, like, you know, main cards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but it, it it's 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 full, it's stacked. Yeah, like if you got people of that of this quality already on the early prelims, card stacked. It's gonna be great. Super stacked, and uh, it should be should be awesome. Uh, yeah, we've been you know really uh, we've been treated to some amazing USC action recently. Uh, this last card wasn't the best, but um, still had some fun fights. But two seventy six, uh, don't miss it. Everybody um, get it, find it, and uh, it it will be great. Um, speaking of combat sports, um, have you heard the news of the latest athletes signing up for boxing? Uh, they're going to have a fight July the 30th between 
two running back, um, two two NFL running backs who are currently free agents. Did you hear about this one? No, no, I didn't. Okay, go for it. Uh, AP's gonna fight Le'Veon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so Adrian Peterson, 37 years old, um, former MVP of the NFL, number five all time career in rushing yards. Uh, he only played four games last year for uh, two different teams. He played with the Titans and the Seahawks. Uh, obviously, known you know for his incredible run with the Vikings. Uh, and then Le'Veon Bell, uh, 30 years old only, free agent. Uh, he only played eight games last year, five with the Ravens, three with the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, his best years were with the Steelers. Uh, and he got into a contract squabble and has really not uh, been doing too much lately. Not sure if their uh, if the, <clears throat> if their NFL careers are over, but they, they've decided to get on one of these uh, celebrity kind of boxing cards um, and uh, show what they can do in the ring. Uh, uh, will you be tuning in? Oh, I think I'll probably catch the highlights of that <laughs> one. <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, listen to the rest of the card. This is the main event. Okay. All right. Uh, YouTubers. Um Austin McBroom against uh, and Eson Gibb. Do you know those guys? Are they YouTubers? No. no. Uh, and then we've got uh, Colmain is Blueface against uh, Nick Young. Do you know Blueface? He's a rapper. No, but I but but Nick Young is the basketball player, right? Yeah, former NBA player. Yeah, yeah. That guy can box. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. yeah it's, bizarre. it's, it's, it's crazy how uh, this is just happening. Uh, you know, month after month, uh, we're just seeing all these guys saying, Oh, okay. I might as well get some money doing something else. So I, I, I'll, I'll try boxing. Uh, yeah. Why not? I'm, I'm just amazed at the fact that it is, it makes money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's making money because these guys are making money. Right. Yeah. So, and and the funny thing is, I'm not I'm not hearing the typical names that I would hear for something like this because it's not like one of the brothers, you know what I'm talking about yeah. that always put it on. None of them are on this card. Which no. I'm super no. amazed that, but I have a feeling that maybe one of their companies is putting on this anyways. So yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, it's happening in LA, uh, July 30th. Um, we'll see. Um, I, I don't think I'll be paying for it, that's for sure, but uh, <laughs> I might try to uh, take a, a, a stab at watching it to, just, to, just to see what type of shape both these two guys are in. Uh, it's crazy that Le'Veon Bell's career is over at 30, possibly, in the NFL. Uh, he was, when he was just with the Steelers just a few years ago, best running back in the NFL at the time, and yeah, uh, yeah, it just um, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be able to catch on with any team in the last few years, and and uh, could be yeah, that could be his career over. Maybe yeah, maybe boxing, uh, maybe is in the cards for him. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a newer new outlet, new 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 possibility of earning money, which yeah. is boxing. 
or boxing your friends. They might be friends. I don't know. We'll see. I think these are, I think this is an exhibition fight. I don't think it's okay. actually going to count for the record. So um, yeah. we'll see. Uh, speaking of that exhibition fight, uh, Manny Pacquiao suffered a defeat in a, uh, in a amateur boxing fight uh, over the weekend. Um, pretty, uh, pretty crazy, pretty shocking. Uh, uh, I don't know why he's even uh, doing this. Uh, he, he decided to retire recently. Uh, I don't know why he's um, deciding to uh, do these amateur fights, uh, but yeah, suffered his uh, suffered defeat in his fourth amateur fight fight uh, recently. Well, was, uh, maybe that's maybe that's the signal. Maybe that's maybe that's it now for him. Where it's like, okay, you lost an amateur fight now, man. Yeah. an amateur fight. Maybe that's it. Maybe now it's time you can you can officially say, no, I can call it quits. He's done. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, and uh, yeah, we don't we hate seeing uh, you know some of these guys that just can't walk away, and yeah. uh, you know after usually uh, you know they 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 leave after a, a bad defeat, uh, but um, yeah, it just can compound on a guy and. He's got uh, such a great life ahead of him. Uh, you know, he's made so much money and he's got so much fame and notoriety in his home country, the Philippines. Uh, you know, I, I just wish nobody would sanction it and just tell him yeah. you're done. You're done. You're over. Like it's not happening anymore, please. Yes, exactly. Or just, how about this? Just enjoy your retirement. You've earned it. Yeah. You really have. Like, like, yeah. like if you look at your, the grand scheme of how long you've been boxing, how long have you you've been taking punches and punishment? That's well over three decades. Yeah, right? you're good. You're good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, let's end with some NBA talk. Uh, last week we talked about um, Kyrie Irving uh, deciding to walk away from the Brooklyn Nets and decline his thirty-seven million dollar uh, deal extension. Uh, he wanted to look for another opportunity out there. Uh, no opportunities came up, and uh, he's supposedly signing the deal and will remain a Brooklyn Net. Uh, as of just a couple of hours ago, we've heard that uh, there wasn't any offers coming, so he's he's going to take that lousy $37 million and and probably play about uh, a third of the games this coming year for Brooklyn. Yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly how he's going to do it. That's exactly how it's going to fall into place. The funny thing with Kyrie is, well, Kyrie's in his own world. And so I think he got hit with a real dose of reality. Got hit with it because he probably thought this is what my market should be. Yeah, you know, I'm going to ignore the fact that I kind of play when I want to. I'm going to ignore all of that. Well, actually, the rest of the teams didn't ignore any of that. They looked at you. And as I've, as I've seen from many other analysts, and I've thought of it myself, do you really want to get into business with this guy? Do you really want to have him in on your team, in your locker room, influencing like, you know, the newer generation of guys coming in? Is that the role model that you want to have on your team? Not at all. Well, not at all no. Yeah. For most teams, the answer was absolutely not. We're not going to offer you anything because we don't see any value in it. Thanks. Forget it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, does it? No. No. Why? No. Why? Why would you, why? Yeah. Why? Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so um, this probably 
solidifies that uh, Kevin Durant will stay and he'll, he'll try to make a go of it. Uh, uh, I, I feel bad for Steve Nash and, and the, the circus that's going to be around this team uh, this coming year. Uh, we'll see if Ben Simmons uh, can finally play basketball after uh, that fiasco last year. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I guess, um, you know, his delusion uh, of grandeur was just uh, squashed this past week and he realized, uh, hey, uh, I better uh, sign this $37 million deal and not walk away from it. And uh, he probably, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, the same kind of thing we've seen for the past three, four seasons with Kyrie. I don't, I don't see it, it, it being any better. No, no, I, I, I definitely don't see it getting any better. Like, I just don't. Like, I, I don't, unless he makes a change, you know, like, unless, unless there's like a, like a, like an ideological change in the way that he approaches the game. And then he makes the team and the game, like, like something important to him in his life. Yeah. And it's not just in the side that he does, but I don't know if he's going to do that. And so far from all the years that we've seen for the past couple of years, it hasn't, that hasn't manifested. So I don't expect it to manifest this time around. Oh, I doubt it. It doesn't seem like it. Um, okay. We had the NBA draft last uh, Thursday and um, the Orlando magic were uh, on the clock for the first overall pick for the third time in their uh, was it third? Yeah, fourth time in their illustrious, illustrious. What am I talking about? <laughs> in their sad sack history, uh, and they they shocked the world. Uh, they didn't pick who everybody wanted them to, who everybody said they should. Uh, Jabari Smith was that consensus guy, uh, and they went for Paolo Banchero out of Duke. Um, is it is just another example of sort of mismanagement by Orlando or uh, is this guy going to shock us and and be the best player in this draft? Oh, I don't know, man. Because like this draft actually had like a lot of really good players. Mm. Like it it really did. Like this draft had a lot of good players. I will reserve judgment to see how he does in his first year. All right. That's what, that's what I'll say. I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I was, I was surprised at the pick as well. Because let's be honest, Banchero was going to go in the top five anyway, somewhere, somewhere in there. He was sure. going to go. Sure. But, but at the same time, I did not expect him to be picked uh, uh, number one overall by the Magic. I thought it was for sure going to be Jabari. But maybe they saw something in Banchero that they liked better that fit with their culture or fit with their team a little bit more than whatever Jabari was going to give them. So, yeah, yeah. 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 But at the same time, though, I would say this big winner, the big winner in this draft. Oklahoma Thunder, yeah. by far, Oklahoma. Nice. Yeah, they had so many picks. Uh, it was uh, pretty phenomenal. I've never seen a draft with a, a, a organization just having so many picks, and and they've got tons and tons and tons uh, as the next few years uh, happen. Uh, great to see a couple Canadians picked uh, early. Uh, the Indiana Pacers p- picked Benedict. Matherin out of Arizona, number six overall. And the Portland Trailblazers uh, took Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky. Uh, the two Canadians um, going so so high was uh, fantastic to see again. Like I said, man, we're, we're doing well with like our, our grassroots, how we're developing our players, our basketball players in this country, because we keep continually seeing the results 
with uh, with the Canadians going in the first round. Yeah, which is just uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's super awesome. Really great. Um, the Pacers' uh, number one pick in the second round uh, took Canadian Andrew Nemhart out of Gonzaga, and uh, the Raptors picked thirty third overall. Christian Coloco out of Arizona. Um, anything to uh, mention about uh, Christian Coloco? Oh, Christian Coloco, um, wing player, nice player. Uh, want to say that I think he's uh, concentrates a little bit more on defense, on the defense end of the ball. Good player, and but they're going to have to develop him. It's going to take some time. Yeah, and thirty uh, second overall, right in the middle there, another Canadian, Caleb. Houston, uh, he was picked also by the Orlando Magic. Uh, he played for Michigan this past year. So um, out of Mississauga, another 19-year-old Canadian coming in there. Great to see four Canadians picked. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see some fantastic things. Um, New York Knicks uh, did pretty well in the draft, according to everybody's commentary after. Uh, but they are hell-bent on, on trying to get um, trying to get the uh, point guard out of Dallas, uh, and then Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, yeah. Uh, Jalen Brunson is the number one on their wish list. Uh, they're going to throw a ton of money at him. Uh, I hope Dallas keeps him, but uh, do you think uh, it'll be good for him? Good for New York? Uh, will it be a fit? Uh, well. They're not very good, like the team. Like, they're not very good. Like, so if he does end up going to New York, he's definitely doing it for the money. He's doing that for his family. He's doing that for the setup. I get that. Yeah. But would he be more successful if he stayed in Dallas? I think that, that obviously, that's an obvious. He would yeah. definitely be more successful if he stayed in Dallas. Maybe Dallas comes very close to something that the Knicks could offer him or, like, something that he could stomach where he just goes – I'd rather win than, you know, continually lose with the Knicks. Maybe he stays. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what he chooses to do. Yeah. Either way, he's getting paid, though. Getting yeah, paid. yeah. You, you mentioned him a lot this year, how he emerged. And, and suddenly, uh, especially when Luca was hurt, uh, you know, he would get uh, the majority of the minutes. And, uh, you know, he just he emerged as one of those uh, small guys that uh, really stepped up big. Uh, like a Fred Van Vliet that uh, finally got an opportunity and really showed how valuable he can be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he really did. He showed how valuable he is. And it's just, yeah, yeah, did all of that. I, I do, I do want to go back, though, to like the OKC and the Thunder. Yeah, please do, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just the fact that they took the, the most interesting dude in the draft, which is Chet Holmgren. Right. I, think he got, I just think he drinks a lot to the table. And he he's got basketball smarts. He's got he's got an incredible IQ for the game. Like so, because I've heard him talk the game. He he's a pretty smart dude. And then with the other two guys that they got in the eleventh and twelfth spot, which was Usman Ding and uh, Jalen Williams, uh, two very athletic wings, and especially Williams, who's a, a knockdown shooter, just like Chet Holmgren. And that's going to fit well within their or, like in their infrastructure of what they're trying to build in OKC. Yeah, yeah, I've. I've been impressed with OKC. They got the couple Canadians there, so I, I you know, keep my tabs on them quite a lot. And uh, they seem to be 
doing really great things, building, you know, through the draft and, and getting a lot of, um, you know, young talent. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, Chet Holmgren, you know, he definitely has to put on some weight. I don't know if he can. He says he tries. Everybody is, uh, you know, do you go to the gym? Do you eat? Uh, you know, like what the hell's going on? Uh, you, you said, you said it last week. Uh, he's, uh, you know, one of the thinnest guys uh, in NBA history. Uh, yeah. So he needs to put on some weight because uh, some of those, uh, you know, uh, battles in the paint, he's not going to win too many of them. No, he's not. He's going to have to uh, rely on his length and his size. And it's like, you know, like he's, he's just going to have to be very smart about it. But again, he's going to have to live in the weight room. That, that's, that's where he's going to have to really get that dialed in, get that figured out. And let's be honest here. If you got a staff of people that are in charge of making sure your multi-million dollar athletes are in the prime condition that they need to be, yeah. they'll figure it out. Yeah. They'll figure out how to put that weight on them. They sure should. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I think I'd be able to figure it out. Uh, yeah. And I, and I don't have that kind of money. So um, yeah, it would be, it would be good for the, that team, for their fan base and for everybody. Uh, he's a, he's a, he is a great shooter uh, at his length. Uh, you know, there's nobody going to be able to defend him on the outside. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to, to see him play in the NBA and, and hopefully they got a, a really brilliant pick there. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I I, I just want to see this kid's growth. I like I want to see how he develops because again, like I've said before, he he's so like you don't see coordination within a seven footer like that. It's like that's his coordination kind of. I'm not saying it's like him, but it kind of reminds me of Kevin Durant, what? just because of the fact that he's just that coordinated sure. for his size and everything else. I'm just shocked and impressed it's pretty awesome isn't it yeah 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 man well uh that uh wraps up the weekend in sports and uh the week we just had uh we're we're actually supposed to get a little bit of rain tomorrow i heard uh so that might uh, throw a little bit of a damper on the hot 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 weather we had uh i might not have to do this frozen underwear trick and, uh, <laughs> we uh yeah we can get a little reprieve uh yeah and bring your fan out uh, have your fan just blowing on you it feels really nice uh i i fully recommend it doing it right now that's exactly what's going to happen this is going to end i'm going to say goodbye then i'm going to go get my fan and then i'm just going to have it on me maybe with an ice pack or something like that on my forehead it's going to be good Okay, well, thanks for doing this in this extreme weather uh, we're having. But, uh, yeah, all, uh, great as always, man. And uh, I hope you have an awesome week ahead. Look forward to seeing you very soon. Look forward to seeing you too, my friend. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk later. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye for now. Okay. Yeah, uh, this camera just really bugs me. It's, uh, you know, it just changes the tone so often lighting is so bad anyway uh great episode as always thanks jason uh, that was fun we got to cover a lot of great topics and uh yeah the summer has finally hit this part of the world uh and you know there's no nba there's no nhl uh foot, nfl football is not around we got some cfl football and that's been fun but um yeah i guess baseball's uh pretty much 
the only sport uh, really locally that we're focusing in on uh, too much now. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess some MLS soccer and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, the, this is the start of the uh, dog days of summer. Uh, we're going to start uh, talking a lot about uh, other outdoor activities and things that we're going to get up to. But um, thanks so much for tuning in as always. And I do want to thank our partners and sponsors. Uh, I want to thank anchor.fm, the easiest to make place to make a podcast. Uh, fantastic at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, uh, industry leader in technology performance and value in the V350 stick is a must have for any hockey player in your family. Uh, I want to mention Pampas and Possibilities. If you want uh, your home to get spruced up and look great for uh, people to uh, invite over, please uh, contact them through our website. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. Uh, we appreciate uh, their partnership and uh, support. And uh, go to our website. You can purchase products at very great discounted rates. So love you guys lots. Uh, thanks for um, tuning in on a Monday. And hope you guys had an awesome weekend as well. Hope you got a great week ahead. Hopefully it's just a short, small rain tomorrow. And get back to this beautiful weather. I'm not complaining. I love it. Uh, bring on the heat, bring on the hot weather. I've been, uh, yeah, waiting for it so long for this summer and it's finally here. I am thrilled. So anyway, love you guys lots and we will uh, talk to you soon. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.